there's such easy conversation, especially with the front by owners, but even framing those conversations with for sale by owners, um, you know, 30 days from now you don't sell. Are you open to interviewing listing agents? So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Bob. You know, on an interview last week with agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. Recording in progress, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Muchistegui. Today, I'm interviewing Mark Plesha from Highland, Indiana, real estate agent out there. Mark and I have been chatting on Instagram, social media for probably six or nine months. He's been listening to the podcast for a while. And when he very first reached out to me, I told him I couldn't wait for him to apply to get on the podcast. And here he is. Mark, how's it going today? Good, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, honestly, surreal to be on after listening for all this time. And then, yeah, probably about six months we've been I've been reaching out or we've been going back and forth and talking about again so yeah thank you very much for having me I appreciate it yeah glad you're here I think I think our listeners are going to be excited to hear about it too when did you get licensed I got licensed July of 2020 so um thought about making the move into real estate early 2020 pandemic happens gave me a lot of pause obviously because everything shut down 
I'm like, is this the right move at this point in time? Um, didn't have access to the MLS, obviously, but I was just going on like realtor.com, things like that. All right, things are still selling. Things are still selling immediately. You know, I could sense that the, the market was not slowing down whatsoever. So I told my wife, I'm like, all right, let's do it. So left my job June 1st, 2020. I spent about 30 days just studying uh, after the pre-licensing course. Um, that was my sole focus for that period of time. Got licensed July 2020. Um, and then it's been going ever since. So off to a good start. So how did you how did you get your first deal after getting licensed? Because that was that's a crazy time, right? So July 2020. I mean, real estate was picking up by July in most places, but the but it seems like it's tough to break into an industry uh, when all the craziness was happening. Yeah, it was. And during that 30-day period when all I do, was doing was studying, I guess on top of that, I was listening to podcasts, especially your guys, is trying to set myself up, be intentional with my time that once I did get licensed, I was ready to go, right? So um, I actually do listings in the same day. Those, those are my first two deals. Um, about a week prior to that day, I got reached out to by a friend of mine. I had just posted on Facebook that I just got licensed. They wanted to go see a house. Uh, ended up not being the house for them. Uh, went back to, to kind of talk things over, talk things about uh, them potentially listing their house, showed them a house that I found on Zillow that was for sale by owners. That's what I was doing a lot of, spending a lot of my time on was just calling for sale by owners, uh, trying to get the reps in on that to get that down, um, making contact with as many people as I could. So I showed them this house, they fell in love with it. Um, so then a week later, I ended up listing that house. And then listing appointment the same day for another for sale by owner, um, $480,000 house, which is at that point in time was in the higher price range for our area and got, got both listings the same day. So that was about a month and a half in. So it was, it was a quick start. I was very fortunate. I obviously listened to the podcast. I'm like, man, I don't know if I could last six months without, without getting a deal. That would have been rough. So uh, yeah, very, very fortunate when it came down to it. Yeah. We've heard all sorts of stories, right? We've heard the people that have like called every day, like dialed every day, door knocked every day for six months, nine months before they get their first one. Um, but I share the story a lot. When I first got into foreclosures, the, I had complete beginner's luck the very first time we went to an auction. Like the very first time we tried to bid on something, we were the only bidder and we bought something. And, um, we, then we went for the next three months and didn't even come close to buying another thing. We, we didn't realize it was like, we had to actually learn a strategy. We had no idea how much beginner's luck we had at the beginning, but sometimes I think maybe the universe gives us some of that beginner's luck. So we know that, so we know it's worth it. So we know that like yeah, right. there is a way to make money in this business, even if later we have to work a little harder. So very cool and exciting. You had such a, a good start coming in there. Like you said, you felt like you were, you're prepared. You said you got your first one from Facebook. You said, um, yeah, I posted on Facebook that I got licensed, and I, I know that's the kind of the, the first thing everyone does at this point. And I think, unfortunately, that's where a lot of agents get stuck. They just post it up there, post it up on Facebook and say, hey, I'm licensed and expect their phone call. Uh, their phone to start ringing and, and all of a sudden get deals. And unfortunately, that's just not how it works. Um, so, yeah, a lot of actually listening to your podcast, that got me onto Brandon Mulrennan. He, I think he'd been on a couple of times with Pat Hyben back in the day. Um, started just watching his YouTube videos, learning how to cold call, basically prospect for sale by owners, for rent by owners, which is my favorite lead source. And we could talk about that later, but yeah, um, ended up doing six deals in 2020 and then 
um, 32 in 2021. So let's, so let's talk about that for rent by owner, right? Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people that call for sale by owners. I've talked to a lot of people that call expired, you know, so many different plans on that. Tell me about the for rent by owners. Like this is, I'm getting out my notepad right now. Cause this is kind of, this is an interesting topic. That's my favorite lead source, man. It's awesome. So pretty shortly after I got licensed to, I was just driving through, I had to drop off a check for, um, a contractor for a listing I had, uh, the lady that needed the work was elderly. So I just drove it over to the town across the border, actually in Lansing. We're, we're right. Uh, I think I mentioned before, we're 15 minutes away from Chicago, right? So we're two towns over from the border of Illinois. So very kind of small, uh, niche market up in Northwest Indiana, but, um, I was just driving down the neighborhood, through the neighborhood. There was a front by owner sign in, uh, in front of a fourplex. And the next town over, I just called the owner and it's just a super, super simple script. Hey, you know, I see, I see the sign in the yard. I know you're, you're looking to rent the property out, but with the seller, with the market being the way that it is, have you ever thought about selling the property? Uh, older gentleman, he's like, yeah, you know what? Honestly, we're looking to get out of it. So, um, I talked to him for 15 minutes that day, followed up again in three days, 15 minute conversation, got the listing appointment. I, I wasn't licensed in Illinois at the time. I am now, but at the time I wasn't. So I referred it out to another agent in our office, um, spent an hour over there during a listing appointment. He got the deal. I got a thousand bucks for making a phone call and about 15 minutes, well, an hour and a half of my time, basically. Um, and right then and there, I'm like, oh man, this it's such a good lead source. So now I was just spending time on Zillow. They're all listed on there, their phone numbers. And I just use that script over and over that resulted in about four deals. And then honestly, I shifted that conversation one time. I kept seeing an investor's name, uh, three, four five times in a two week period. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like who's buying all these properties and kind of was doing my research on, on who the buyer was. Uh, ended up just calling them. Like I said, I shifted my conversation to more of, Hey, you know, I, I keep seeing you buying these properties. It looks like you're going through a huge acquisition phase when most people are thinking about selling because it's such a seller's market. I'm like, what's your thought process? I want to know what, what the strategy is. I ended up talking to him for 45 minutes that day. Um, kept in touch with him over the next couple of months. And then, um, Finally, he reached out to me. Uh, he I ended up listing a property for him that he bought early on that wasn't going so well. And then through the rest of 2021, starting in August, I closed 10 deals with him on the buy side. So um, yeah, just having that, you have to be able to kind of adjust your thought process on, all right, maybe they're not looking to sell. Obviously, I saw this guy was purchasing properties and renting them out. So you kind of have to just kind of flow with with the conversation and figure out how you can help someone, right? I mean, that's what we do is, is try to serve and, and figure out what their problems are, what pain points they have in their business and try to figure out how to solve it. So that's, um, that was a huge catalyst to, to my production in 2021 was having those conversations. So it's such a great point when you're talking about when you get on the phone with somebody, You've really got to, like, you could practice a script and you could practice a script all day, but like you were on the phone with a live lead and like, you could think they're going to be a sales lead and it turns into a buyer's lead, but you have to be able to have that hat to be ready to switch. Like as yeah. soon as like, it's, it's like, Hey, 
do you want to sell one of these? Like, Hey, tell me about it. Like getting top of mind. So then you were able to become that seller. But it's such a good point that as you're talking to people, it's like, you think they're going to be one lead. And all of a sudden you hear like, no, they're an investor buying more. And then being able to shift over to like, okay, well, let me, let me help you with that. What sort of thing are you looking for? So when it's a, when it's, Hey, do you want to sell? It's like, what do you need? How soon are you cooking to sell? Like, like what's making you want to sell? What are you going to do with the money? somewhere else. Sometimes you can turn that into, okay, let me sell this one for you and I can buy it for another one. Cause in that case, he had one that wasn't working, right? He said he had a, one of his investments wasn't doing well anymore, was going to have you sell it. And that gets to turn into what are you going to do with that money afterward? What's going next? Or, and getting to figure out like what is in someone's buy box. So really cool idea, really inexpensive lead generation there that Mark's talking about that any agent can do it. Like, so anybody right now, that's listening, if you are struggling getting extra deals right now, like that's like going on to Zillow, finding the for rent by owners, find 30 of them, right? Choose your radius, zoom out, find 30 of them. Maybe you've got to zoom out to a hundred mile radius. Maybe you find them in your town and call 30 people and have 30 conversations with for rent by owner. Just starting with that simple script that Mark gave you that said, Hey, uh, it's a great, I see you're trying to rent this thing, but it's a great seller's market. Have you thought about selling it. The, uh, it is amazing too, how many times like real estate investors, like they are like in the back of their head, like, yeah, this house has been on the market for now three months. If I could just sell it. But a lot of times real estate investors don't want to list something on the market right away. They don't want to like test the waters and then ruin appraisals and things like that. So somebody getting to like give them the nudge of, oh, I've got a buyer for you or, hey, I think you should sell it. Great, great idea for that. How many deals did you do last year in 2021? Yeah, so in 2021, I closed 32 deals. Um, yeah, and I, to your point too, and we kind of talked about David Green prior. So I started listening to Bigger Pockets in 2015. So that's that was huge for me too, was having that base of knowledge and knowing how to speak and have conversations with investors and know about cash on cash return, how to explain um, ROI and, and how to kind of just have those conversations sounding like you know what you're talking about that's the biggest thing right um so having that base of knowledge from places like bigger pockets listening to your podcast being educated on the market what's going on to me that's how you find success quick is is building up that knowledge prior to even getting in so that when people do hey how's the market you don't just say oh it's so hot right that's what everyone's answer is but you can speak intentionally about absorption rates and months of or you know, how long days on market, how that's affecting sales prices, things like that. Um, you just shorten the gap so quickly. And I think that's how you can find success really quick is just uh, going through those steps and doing, doing the things, the work on the front end before you even get licensed. But yeah, uh, 32 deals in 2021. So again, just, I think it's hard work, uh, being blessed, fortunate to, to kind of get there, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm looking to build on it for 2022. So looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, listeners, as we're talking about, you know, at any time during that lead call, you have to be ready to kind of pivot and change and have the conversation and also just being able to educate yourself. I think there's, you know, Mark mentioned days on market. Like, so everybody wants to know how long it's taking to get a house sold. Uh, they want to know average sales prices. They want to know how many houses are selling for over asking, how many houses are selling for under asking. Months of inventory is one of my favorite statistics. I mean, so right now for so long, we've been under a month, but that's not normal. Like months of inventory is something that can usually show you if the market's getting better or worse 
um, by season. And then just some of those definitions, like the, I don't know if I could think of any others off the top of my head, but cash on cash return for a rental investment. What does that mean? You know, and that's, and cash on cash return really means if somebody, uh, however much money they have invested, how much money are they getting on that? Because when they think of a house, they think of a, a cap rate. Oh, that house rents for, it, it's a hundred thousand dollar house. It rents for a thousand dollars a month. So maybe the, maybe the cap rate is six or seven, you know, six or 7% you know, something like that, but cash on cash could be, but if they only have a 3% down payment or they only have a 1% down payment or they only have a 10% down payment, you know, that return on investment. So I think anybody that wants to start having some of the, like making some of these calls for like those for rent by owners, like doing just, just a little bit of that research first, like that, that investment terminology, what is a cap rate? What is an ROI? What is a cash on cash return? If you can understand that and then what's happening in the market, Maybe even seeing how long it's taking. You know how many rental, how many rent rentals are on the market. In one of the markets, we have a bunch of rentals in. You know, six months back, I looked at the whole city and just said, "What's for rent on Zillow?" And there was thirty houses for rent. And if you go look right now, there's 130 houses for rent. And so we do know that it's a little bit tougher of a rental market than it was four or five months ago. Very simple statistic, a very quick search. You know, just do that search once a month. Like choose a city, just see how many active rentals there are. And you can even track that once a month. And if you're talking to investors, you can know like, hey, it's better than it was last month for investors. It's a renter's market or it's a landlord's market. It's just like a buyer seller market. So the so up there, you did 32 last year. What's your what's the average sales price, your normal sales price out there? Uh, so mine in, I guess the typical is probably a little different. Like I said, I, I work with a decent amount of investors. So um, to get, and another thing that like an investor will look for is just, you know, what's my um, purchase price compared to rent? So a lot of people, especially in this market, they want a 1% deal, right? So my rent's 1% of the purchase price. So uh, to find that and to kind of have the deal make sense, right? Your price points are typically lower and maybe in a little bit more of a depressed area where there's more rentals. But uh, so my price point average was like 196. So a little under 200, but I would say uh, the median sales price uh, for uh, January in 2022 right now, closer in Lake County, uh, which is the county that I operate in, uh, closer to 275. So I'm, I'm fairly, uh, well below that, but obviously lead sources are, um, a big indicator of that. Right. So, yeah. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchstegi with a quick commercial break with one of our newest sponsors. I'm super excited to be partnering with these guys. Does 15 to 20% ROI investing in turnkey rentals sound attractive? Did you know you can use the Burr strategy with new construction that has immediate equity already? You guys have heard me talk about stuff like this. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence out of state. They have single family, multifamily, new build and syndication opportunities across multiple markets that maximize cash flow, appreciation and equity. Renter Retirement assists investors in learning how to build a comprehensive business plan with the best investment and tax strategies to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or call 1-800-311-6781. That's 800-311-6781 to learn about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. You know, and if you guys want to learn more about Zach, episode 1025, 
we dig in for a good 45 minute interview where he tells you the secrets to investing in real estate out of state. And him and I shared a lot of ideas about what works and what doesn't. You'll get to hear a lot about his company and his business. You know, if you're an agent from out of state and you've got referrals looking for stuff, they work with other agents on a referral basis. And we've talked so much since COVID hit that everybody needs to have a backup plan, right? Every one of you agents needs to have a backup plan. You should all be investing in real estate. And if you're having trouble finding the time and the team to do it, maybe something like rent to retirement is the solution for you. So thank you for listening. Go check them out. Now back to the rest of our podcast. So these, so what are your goals for 2022? Uh, so I did 6.1 million in 2021. I want to hit 10 million in 2022. Um, I've got a few things in the works that I'm planning on, on you know, hopefully it'll get me there. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we will see the, and so do you think you're going to be, is it going to be 50, 50 buyer's agent listing agent? What do you have? Uh, um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, it's such a great question. And getting into real estate too, I was very intentional kind of reverse engineering my business on what I wanted to look like on the back end. So I've, I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, that was, it was very important to me how I was going to spend my time, right? So um, working with buyers, unfortunately, working nights and weekends, not really in the cards for what I wanted to do. Uh, so like I said, I was I kind of reverse engineered my business on how I wanted to look like going forward. So I, I'm obviously, especially in a seller's market, shift your focus to listings. Um, I can set those appointments during the day or, you know, even if it is at night, at least it's once a week, once every two weeks, not every night of the week or, or on the weekend. So um, prior to working with that investor, to be honest, uh, mid or three quarters of the way through 2021, I was actually 65% listings, 35% on the buy side, um, which I know isn't very typical for a newer agent. But like I said, I was, I was pretty intentional about where I wanted my lead sources to come from and, and how I went after those leads. So uh, it ended up right about 50-50 after working with that investor and closing uh, those nine on the buy side in the last quarter. Um, but going forward, uh, it'll probably be close to that if, if my deal flow stays the same in terms of investors. And that was, again, um, working with investors, especially an out-of-state out investor. Um, I can go look at those houses nine to five. He's, he's not there. He kind of trusts me at this point to, to get my eyes on in the field. And there's a property manager that he works with that's local. Um, so when they're out-of-state and they can't be there, I mean... I'm, I can go whenever I want. So if it's 10 in the morning, three in the afternoon, I'm, I'm not out showing houses at night and weekend. So again, um, it's, it, it's worked out well, how I planned everything to go. <laughs> like but I said, very, uh, when you're trying to present a, to your investor and say, this is a good deal. Yeah. What things are you looking for? Are you, are you looking for the 1% rule on rents? Are you looking for certain ages? Like, how do you know? Because to be a good agent for an investor, you're supposed to pick through all the bad stuff and say, I'm only bringing you the good ones, right? So, the, so what do you do? What, how do you serve it to him? How do you show the investor to help them make those decisions? Yeah, I think a big thing too uh, was working with that property manager and, and me not saying every deal is a good deal, right? I think that helps him gain trust in me that I wasn't just pushing properties on him that didn't make sense. Um, that was my quick and easy way to filter properties was to find 1% deals. Um, 
and he kind of, there's a lot of, we're very, very heavy in, in with investors, especially rental properties in our market. Uh, obviously Midwest, low purchase prices, rents are, are fairly high. Um, so that's a quick way to filter out properties. And I know just from studying, just going on Zillow, spend a few hours on there. I know what three ones rent for in a certain town, um, certain square footage, whether that's based on price per square foot, or I can just, you just, once you study the information enough, you know. So I was very, it was very easy to filter out those properties. All right, here's a 1% deal that has potential. I'll go look at it. I know the areas very well. Um, some of the cities are more uh, block by block. So um, having that information and knowledge too helps a lot. But, um, you know, he likes a lot, a lot of investors like turnkey stuff. Some people are more burn investors with, you know, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, or re refinance, repeat. Um, so... Uh, it depends what they're looking for. This guy's more the specific buyer that I work with a lot is more turnkey. So um, make sure HVAC roof, like the big capital capital expenditures, um, are taken care of. That it's not going to cost them a ton on the back end to to update and um, and for the next five years or so, he's he's good. So yeah, just again knowing how to, uh, and I own a couple of rental properties myself. So I had that experience of what I would look for. Um, and just using that information going forward. And, uh, yeah, like I said, CapEx is a big thing, right? One wants to buy something and two months, the furnace goes out. So kind of reducing those costs on the front end were, were huge for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst part about it. if you if you get an older rental property and an HVAC goes out, you're charging five or six hundred dollars a month. All of a sudden, it's going to cost you ten months of rent to pay it off. That is not what you're expecting. That, you know, that, that all of a sudden you go from making a hundred bucks a month after after your mortgage to nothing. And most people do not get into investing in houses with the expectation of writing a five or ten thousand dollar check every once in a while. And so I think that is, that is important as people are looking at it. everybody has their different strategies, you know, so if you could think back to when you were listening to the podcast, you listened for a long time, can you think back to, you know, one or two things that you heard on the podcast that really stuck out as like, wow, that's a game changer, or that was really good advice. I'm going to use that in my business. Can anything come to mind? Oh, absolutely. A uh, couple things. And I think it was on the same podcast, Daniel Del Rio, when he was talking about knowing your numbers being able to speak intelligently about what's going on in the market. And that conversation you guys had with, um, you know, number of builds pre 2008 versus post and how that's created such a shortage in, in housing. And that's why we're, we're really affected by demand right now. That stuck out being able to have those conversations uh, with potential buyers and sellers kind of having an, an indication of where the market might be headed. Um, and then, you know, my, my affinity for David Green, right? So <laughs> um, his, he, I think it might've been the same podcast. He kind of talked about, um, just as a newer age and a lot of people get into it and, and you're stuck in that W2 mindset. You think that I can show up for 40 hours to the office and, and you're going to get paid. And that's just not the case, right? Like you have desk fees, you have all these other, you you have your MLS dues, all these things every day that you show up to the office and you don't make a sale, you're losing money, right? Like what other job do you possibly have where that's the case that I, other than owning a business or and being an independent contractor? So um, yeah, those two things really, really stick out. Obviously getting turned on to, to Brandon Mulrennan pretty early on and, and just using his, his scripts 
Um, I'm not a salesperson uh, whatsoever. So kind of going through and using, he calls it the reverse selling method and just uh, like selling is not telling, right? Like ask open-ended questions, um, figure out where their pain points are and um, how do you as an agent solve that? Um, and just very, very low pressure sales. Because I, like I said, I am the opposite of, of a used car salesman. That's not my thing. So so let's talk about that for a second. So the so a listener says, what do you mean low pressure sales? So the so you said you're going to have the conversation. You're going to ask lots of questions. So you post on Facebook, hey, hey, I'm an agent now. Somebody reaches out to you and says, you know, would you be able to help me find a home or, or what, how does it start? Like, like bring it, talk us through, like, do you ever do the ask of like, Hey, do you want me to go hunt for you? Do you ever yeah. like do a close or is it more like, like, like tell us about that, that not being a salesy sales agent. Yeah. So how I use it with, and it more pertains to for sale by owners, right? Um, that's a big one for me. So all that information and all these resources, this is the best thing to me. They're all free. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's, that's really what geared me towards them. But yeah, uh, in terms of for sale by owners and that kind of reverse selling that he, he speaks a lot about, um, if, I, if I'm calling, going through Zillow, call for sale by owner, hey, good morning. My name is Mark Rossi and Taylor Realty Group. You know, I saw the home on Main Street for sale. Um, I see you're selling it by owner. I definitely respect that. Um, but you know, if 30 days were to go by and the home doesn't sell for whatever reason, at that point in time, would you be open to, to interviewing listing agents to sell your home? Um, and a lot of times I'll kind of make a joke about it. I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're getting aggravated with or inundated with phone calls from, from agents. I know it can be frustrating. Um, saying things like that just to lighten the mood and to understand like you're putting them, most people, I think a lot of agents think they're going to reach out to these people and they're going to be mad at them, right? They're going to get, I've had, one phone call and this is what I did when I first started from three hours in the morning every day uh, was just making phone calls I've had one phone call that went poorly where I like I yelled at right no one wants to get yelled at but one phone call I think that's what made me gravitate to these scripts where they're such easy conversation especially with the front by owners but even framing those conversations with for sale by owners um, you know, 30 days from now, you don't sell. Are you open to interviewing listing agents? I'm not even asking you to list the home in 30 days. Are you open to interviewing listing agents? Um, and it kind of, it takes people, uh, they're not on guard as much, right? They're not defensive. They're not, oh, this guy's bothering me. He wants to, he just wants me to list my house right off the bat. And it's, it's very rare that that happens where you're going to convince someone to list their home with you on the first kind of conversation but um from then it's just follow-up right staying in front of them and kind of leading with value and here's the cma um you know would you would you be open to me walking uh the home with you i can give you some pointers on what might make the home sell in terms of staging or or things like that getting professional photography a lot of for sale owners just use their use a cell phone so i'll refer them to my photographer and um, maybe they'll get a discount if they throw my name out there so um just things like that. But yeah, that, that's really what made me gravitate towards it. And that's what I mean by kind of that low pressure sales. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So for sale by owner says he's doing it and you say, cool, you know, the, uh, I looked online, it looks like you've only got a couple of pictures. You know, if you want to get better pictures taken, here's somebody that I use, they might, 
you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not affiliated with them. I just like them. But if you mention my name, maybe they'll give you a discount. And would you mind if I called you back in 30 days? Would you mind if I call you back next month and just ask you how it's going or interview you again or, or something? So yeah, so that makes sense. And then maybe there's a chance they're going to call you in less than 30 days or you stay top of mind or you resend them a CMA as a, like as, out of a courtesy. So it's like, hey, it's been two weeks. I just want to send over this CMA. And so you've got it. So you, you have this just in case something comes up. Like I, I really like that concept of no pressure selling. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense to me. So, yeah. so we talked about, you know, for rent by owners, the, you know, we like to ask people like, if there's, if there's one thing that somebody can do right now, that's going to get them more business, you know, get them more leads today or get them another buyer or another seller. What's that one thing that comes to mind? Uh, a couple. So I think if you live in a market that is, there's a lot of rentals, like in the Midwest, I think that is definitely a, that's something I would use because no other agents are calling them. Right. I mean, it's, it's, there's slim to none who these people are getting phone calls. So um, if you can get a list, list of like absentee owners too, uh, it's kind of probably around the same baseline of people that they're either rentals or they inherited the properties, but that, and then to be honest though, it all works, right? Aaron, like everything that we do, and it was always funny because I go on YouTube and I watch videos on calling for sale by owners or whatever. And then in between those videos, there'd be ads. Uh, it was always one specific lady, uh, cold calling and door knocking doesn't work, right? Like it, it all works. You just have to be dedicated and disciplined and do it every day and get good at it. And this is an analogy I like to use because a lot of new agents that I talk to, they, they don't want to do it, right? They don't want to make cold calls or prospect. But um, I started working out when I was 18. Um, you, it took me a few years. I finally got into to deadlifting, right? I, I was maybe decently strong for a little 160 pound kid. Um, but I never deadlifted, never did like Olympic style lifting, stuff like that. Um, first time I deadlifted, I couldn't lift any weight, right? It was, it, the mechanics were weird. It, it was hard. It was not normal. Um, but you know, you put six to nine months in and all of a sudden, you know, I can dead, deadlift, you know, twice my body weight. Like it's the same thing with prospecting. You just put the work in, it becomes more normal. The flow becomes normal and the mechanics get worked out and you just get better at it. And it's the same thing with everything. I think everything works. Door knocking works, cold calling works, um, Instagram and Facebook. I'm probably the only 34 year old realtor that hates both of those things and just does not put any time into it. But those things, everything works. That's my opinion on it. But you just got to be able to put in work, be willing to put in the work and, and it'll happen. Yeah. Uh, the everything works. It's the, that's the beauty of getting to talk to so many different people like you, because everybody has a different method. And our hope is that any of our listeners gets to that, that our successful agents got to hear an extra tactic today that they can add to their list, right? That they go, Hey, we're going to try that. Also, we're going to add that lead type over here, or we're going to add that or, or remembering when they have a new agent that joins a team that says, Hey, I'm, you know, I, I, I can't be a pushy salesperson to remind Well, here, here's a different version of that because even on a team, usually there'll be five or six different personalities and somebody's really good at asking for deals one way. Someone's really good at cold calling. Someone's great at door knocking. Like there's different, uh, just, just like you said, there's always the horror story of this person yelled at me when I knocked on their door or this person yelled at me when I called them. But that is not the norm. 
that is not like that is not the average in real estate. We've, we've said it forever. Real estate's a numbers game, and so you're going to hit a certain percentage of your of your effort. A certain percentage of your effort is going to be successful. So you got to you just got to keep trying it. To the even like we've heard some of our agents did it for six to nine months before they got their first deal. The um, you'll mark this has been this has been a lot of fun. You know, as you've talked about, you know how you got started. And, and some of those quick tactics and then knowing the market. That was a really fun interview we did. I think that was like June or July, 2020. I had Daniel Del Real on here. I had David Green, I had Kimberly Meserve, I had Elliot Hoyt. Uh, and we were talking about kind of what was happening at, at Diego, uh, my, my friend Diego in Austin. And everybody was talking the different things about the business. And, and probably even, so just like back then, it was a little bit of an uncertain time. You know, listeners, as you're listening today, uh, interest rates hit a new level today, and there's lots of talk that we will essentially like, you know, uh, conventional got into the fours and a lot of talks. So we're not going to see the threes again, right? That the, that maybe the rates that we just saw over the last couple of years are over for a long time into the future. And, and I think I probably believe that. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it changes some things, but for buyers knowing that is important. I had a, uh, I had a commercial loan that was locked at four and a half percent last week. Uh, I thought it was locked um, on some investments and I went back and said, okay, so the, what's our status? Are we still closing in a couple of weeks? And it got raised to 5.125. Uh, that's a big difference in, in a couple of week period. And that's a big difference in misunderstanding of wait, I thought we were locked or wait, we're not. But then by now, it's, if I go shop to somebody else, 5.125 is the number. So paying attention to what's happening with interest rates now in your market, paying attention with, is it you know, is it a heavy investor's market? Is it easy to rent stuff out? Is it not easy to rent stuff out? How's that compared to a couple months ago? And then seeing what's coming on the horizon because real estate is always a big supply demand equation. How much is on the market? And of that, that's the supply and who is available to buy it. And that demand changes based on affordability. It, it changes on how people feel about the market. It depends on jobs. It depends on all sorts of things. Um, a little statistic that we have right now for in Texas, and we don't know if it's quite a trend yet, but um, we have about you know 7% of our tenants right now are in the level of default that we would normally file evictions. That's much higher just in the last 45 days than it's been. It was, it was really at like 1% or 2% for the longest time. So in just the last 30 days, we've seen a lot more people fall behind than we had seen before. Now, we're looking back at some articles that we saw in December that a lot of consumers have maxed out their credit card debt in December. Maybe we're starting to see you know, kind of repercussions of that. We've seen credit card companies kind of tightening expenses. They've just on no limit cards, they've just placed limits now and things like that on heavier, you know, hot parts inside the business. So anyway, just knowing that market, being aware of what's going on, because that's what customers are going to ask about. That's what your clients are going to ask about. And it really helps. So I'm glad that that stuck out back then with the, you know, kind of that construction market, because we were wondering three months into, into like COVID, is the market crashing or not? And what we got from the statistics was this feels crappy. It feels like it's crap. It feels like 2009, but, this, but the statistics are telling us like we've got a lot of runway here and the market's just going to keep going up. And I think maybe all COVID did to the market was make people think harder about their houses and, uh, and think harder about where they live. Now, you mentioned a lot of people are moving to your area up in Indiana. Yeah. So um, for 2021, Illinois, which is like I said, we border that and we're, it's a 10 minute drive to cross the border. Um, they were the number one state of people 
leaving, fleeing. Um, and a lot of that has to do with taxes. Um, so we are the number one state in Indiana that they're going to. It's been like that for about a decade. But just getting, it seems like, um, obviously with COVID, a lot of people were spurred to move, like you mentioned. Uh, that's been the narrative all along. Um, so it really pushed people to, to come over here even more. So it's really fueled our market even more so than normal. Um, and it's hard to kind of delineate the two of what was COVID, what was, what was that? Maybe, like I said, it was maybe a mixture of both of them. But yeah, um, Cook County taxes are crazy. People are fed up with <laughs> paying an additional mortgage payment on top of their payment just in taxes alone. So they're coming over here and um, helped our economy. Uh, uh, unfortunately, yeah. I don't know how it helps them, but. Border towns next to high tax states, the uh, always get people. And I think over the last, when times get tough, taxes, like people figure out how can we cut costs? How can we cut costs? You know, and they look on their credit card statements and see what things they can cut. And then the, in high tax states, some of the biggest expense people have. Biggest expense people have as they get wealthier and wealthier is taxes. They'll spend more on taxes than they spend on their on other things, depending on where they live. So, Mark, this has been really insightful. It's been really fun. The uh, I, I think I told you before we got on, I texted David Green before uh, the show because I knew that was one of the things um, you know that, that you liked his shows so much. You have uh, in our toolbox. So if people go to Hyben Digital. Uh, dot com. They can go to the toolbox and everybody that comes on puts something in that toolbox that can help them in their business. Mark, what you're doing is you're giving us a list of all the transactions you did recently and kind of telling you how you got each of those uh, clients. Because that's a big question is people are saying, how did you get your deals? And so you've, you, you've got something that, you, that you've uploaded to the system for us that, the, that breaks that down? It's just an Excel spreadsheet. So I thought it was just something tangible. Like I said, I, I see a lot of... Uh, a lot of agents just reach out and they're posting about how to um, how to get deals, right? That's the biggest thing that everyone asks. And um, I just thought it would be, like I said, something tangible that agents could go to, look and see, you know, where my deal flow came from last year, and then um, feel free to to email or call me. Uh, any agent out there that wants a little bit more in depth knowledge, there's only so much information I could fit on there. So if they want to reach out. Um, I'd be more than happy to field any phone calls or, or emails and explain and, and go into depth on, on how those conversations went and what those uh, transactions look like. Cool. Yeah. The uh, So if people do want to work out or reach out to you, Mark, what's the best way they can find you in chat? Yeah. Uh, I guess cell phone number with the easiest. I don't know how many people have their cell phone, but uh, 219-433- nine one five four is my cell phone uh feel free to give me a phone call I'm on facebook i'm in instagram like i said i i downloaded and created an instagram when i was getting licensed i don't touch it much i think the most i was on it was to uh send you dms and bother you to get me on the podcast so yeah <laughs> that's been about the the most i use instagram you figured out a way to get it to work well people will hit your cell phone we will hit that stuff in the show notes Mark, this has been great. The uh, it's it's always fun to get to have your listeners come on the podcast, share their story, and be able to give back. And you had some great ideas today that I don't remember anybody that I've interviewed had brought up those strategies before. I wrote some stuff down. I'm going to be sending out to some people. So I appreciate you coming on. Just wanting to uh, to share what works for you. So, Mark, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. Like I said, uh, I'm a huge fan. So keep up the good work. And yeah, maybe uh, maybe in six months, we'll get on with David Green and we could do a podcast. That'd be awesome.
Yeah, I think he would like that, man. He he always loves the shout out. So, well, you did great. Thanks again. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.